Welcome to the Get Out of Teaching podcast presented by Larksong Enterprises. I'm your host, Elizabeth Diakos. On the show, we'll look at the who, what, why, where, when and how of moving out of your education career and into a life you love. We'll meet ex-teachers, delve into what we love about teaching and how to translate that into something new. We'll talk to people who can support and inspire us as we make the transition and work on identifying the legacy we want to leave in the world. So come along for the ride as we get out of teaching. Episode 19. Hi everyone and welcome to the show. On today's show I'm delighted to introduce introduce to you Anna Petchel, who is a yachting exit strategy coach. So Anna, welcome to the show. Awesome. Thank you for having me, Elizabeth. It's an absolute pleasure. So um, Anna, we're in kind of similar fields, actually. So I help teachers get out of teaching and you help yachters get out of yachting, I guess. <laughs> what do you call a yachter? <laughs> a yacht crew member or a, yeah, depending on what their job is, a crew member. Okay. Okay. So um, I, as we've been talking about it, I can see there are actually quite a few similarities between yachting and teaching in that uh, it's a kind of a, almost like a life calling and there's this similarity of both uh, industries, if you like, have, or both careers have very structured lifestyles. So um, can you give us a bit of a, an idea of what the day in a life of a yacht crew member would be like? Yeah, well, so as a yachty or a yacht crew member or however, um, it is very structured because being on a boat, everything is kind of controlled and organized and everything from the moment of where you're sleeping to what you're eating for breakfast and what you're doing in the morning at lunchtime, in the afternoon, after you've finished, um, if you're on watch and you're still on the boat um, until the point that you go to bed. And so the entire day is kind of structured for you, whether you're interior and working as a stew or a chef or exterior and working on deck or working in the engine room, your kind of day is so heavily structured. Mm. And yeah, so there's not a lot of autonomy outside of that, but um, yeah. And so would, would you have just one role? Like, would you be, I don't know, doing like housekeeping or something? And not ever be a crew member like on the like the rigging. <laughs> I don't know anything about yachts, <laughs> but do you know what I mean? Like you know, are you so yeah. if you were doing yeah. one role, would you just stay in that role? Yeah. So I was on the last boat. I was the boatswain. So my job and responsibility was to look after the deck department. So everything that I did was deck department related. So that was from doing like the safety drills and all that sort of stuff to doing like the maintenance of the boat to keeping it clean to keeping it um, you know paint repairs and varnishing and all that kind of stuff to when we're at sea moving the boat and all that kind of stuff and driving tenders and having guests on board your day is very varied at times but then also very controlled at other times so yeah but you're still in your own role of whatever that is yeah and what's a tender Oh, <laughs> tender is like, so there's the big boat and you have motor yachts and sail yachts and there's the big boat and then there's the smaller boats that you take with them. And so, you is know. Is that so you well, can like take people to shore or something in a small boat? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. 
pretty much. And, and are they like, I don't know anything about this, so just excuse my ignorance, but are they like hanging on the boat or are they trailing along beside the boat? Oh, all sorts of things. On one boat, we had two tow tenders, which were 12 metres each. And then we also had a six metre jet tender that was stored in the stern of the boat. So yeah, they can be anywhere at all. And then you can have other ones that you don't tow at all, the big ones that have to be driven and they can be like 16 metres or whatever. So yeah, there's all sorts. Sounds amazing. So how many people would be on a super yacht? And depending. So depending on the size. So you might have a boat that is like, say, a 30 metre boat, which might have like five or six crew. Or you might have like the last boat I was on, which was 43 metres and that had 10 crew. And then you get up to like the 150 metres that it's got like 70 something crew. Um, yeah, it really depends. But up until about 70 metres, you can still, or bigger than that, you can still only have 12 guests. Oh, okay. So, so, so when you say guests, that's not the owner, but other uh, people, is that right? Or No, no, it might be the owner and their family, or it might be uh, charter guests, or it might be um, the owner and their friends, or just the family, not the owner. Yeah, it can be anyone, really. Right, wow. So that's not many. That, that works nicely in coronavirus time. You can still have a party on the yacht, but only 12 people. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sounds amazing. Okay. Yeah, so, no. It's, it's, <clears throat> it's got its highs and its lows, like any industry. Yeah, I guess so. So what are some of the issues that people face um, if they're thinking of getting out of yachting and so they, maybe they don't like that structure? What are, what are some of the things that they're looking at when that, when that time comes? Yeah. Well, I know for me, when I went to leave, I was really confused and lost over like where I was going to go and what I was going to do. Um, yeah, you get a bit of a sense of because you've been molded and like sort of turned into the ideal crew member. Then when you go to leave, you kind of go, well, now where am I going to go? What am I going to do? I'm really good at varnishing and I'm really good at painting and I'm really good at driving tenders and doing bridge work and all this. But what does that mean in the outside world? Does that mean I have to go and be a professional varnisher? Um, I personally didn't want to do that, but yeah. then it comes to be a bit of an internal crisis of, well, now what am I going to do with what I know? Mm. And I think that much similarly to teaching is a really hard thing to try and work out, well, what are the skills and the strengths that I have now? How do they replicate into the outside world? Or... I say the outside world for us, but I think that's what teachers would say as well. They would say the real world or the outside world. Yeah, yeah. Or the land world. <laughs> um yeah, and how does that how does that look and how does it replicate? Because it's really hard to see what that looks like. And until you really take a step back and then look at all the other skills that you have, all the other things that you've been doing, all the other really like amazing strengths that you have and the skills that you have that may not be the most obvious ones at the time. When you start looking at those, then it's like, oh, right, okay, so I'm really great at communication or I'm really good at something else. But you might not have seen that when you're sitting there in kind of a like closed mind and all you can think of is, well, I do varnishing and I'm doing this at the middle of the night. So that can be really tough. Yeah, yeah. And so I guess the... the 
the other side of that from a teaching perspective is um, maybe also knowing like what do you love to do? So not just about your skills, but actually what do you enjoy doing or what are you passionate about? So I have a client who loves to knit and so she's now created her own business around that. And, and, you know, she was lucky, I guess, that she had something that she already knew she really wanted to do. But in the Get Out of Teaching Facebook group, there are people saying, I don't even, it's not even that I don't know how to transfer my skills. I don't even know what I like doing. Mm. And one of the things that I think now that I look back on, which is similar to that, is looking back and seeing what were you missing when you were there? What do you really like that you are really missing? And I know for me, it was something that I was trying to replicate while I was in the industry. And I really wanted to just be really creative and stuff. And so I was creating like safety drills where people were doing activities and doing all these different things. And then beach setups where it was all creative because the job itself didn't lean, like lean into that creative area. Mm -hmm. And so like, if people are thinking about it now, what is it that you're missing in your current job and your current situation? What do you really like? What is in your heart that you feel like you're not getting a chance to do? What is it that you don't have that, you know, ability to actually thrive in? And so sometimes it's like, it might actually be coming out in a certain way. You might be really like, I loved training people and coaching people and mentoring people. But at the time, it was really hard to see what that was. And so when you work with someone else and start talking to people, just start talking about the things that you really love in your job. Like what, what is it that you actually love about the job that you're doing? There'll be something. There'll be something there that's kept you there. So what is that? Because there'll be a whole in selection of industries where you can use those skills or those things that you love and those passions for, I don't know, helping people or whatever and you can do that in so many different ways and you can do it in ways that you really thrive on um and it doesn't have to just be in the one way that you can currently see like you don't have to be too narrow visioned in what you're in at the moment so i love yeah. that, that that you've you've said what are you missing i think that's such a great question i am totally going to steal that <laughs> Like, because that is the thing, like people say to me all the time, I wish I could go to the toilet when I want to go to the toilet. I wish I could get a coffee whenever I want to have a coffee. I wish I could spend more time with my family. I wish I had time to do the things I love. Like um, nearly every teacher I know loves some kind of creative outlet, as you were saying. Mm. Um, a lot of them are right into yoga. Um, some of them like to do gardening. Like there's all this kind of nurturing things that they like to do which is all part of that altruistic you know that yeah. altruistic nature i think in a lot of ways um and and so and about sustainability as well yeah. so all of those things but yeah being really clear about what it is that you wish you could do or that you want you sort of crave to do that's yeah. a really great question so so these are some of the issues that the the yachting crew face as well so if there's someone who's just feeling like that, where they really aren't sure um, that, that maybe they, they know they want to be, I don't know, let's say they want to be a musician um, and maybe teaching and yachting don't lend themselves very well to that. What advice would you give to someone who's just really feeling like, 
I'm stuck here. I th- I do know what I want to do, but I just can't work out how to get from A to B. What mm. would you say to that? No, a bunch of in- interesting things for that. I'd say I'm all about brainstorming. So mm. talking it out or spe- like speaking it or writing it down or drawing it or if you're into music, dancing it out, playing it out, um, but kind of getting ideas out and starting to surround yourself with people. And, you know, if you're really into music, could you go on, you know, Instagram or Pinterest or Facebook or LinkedIn or just start looking at people you can surround yourself who are in that industry where you can be getting inspired from these sort of people because those people are already doing what you're interested in. And then you're going to start getting more information and thinking, oh, that's something I never thought about. Or start talking to more people. People love to talk. People love to give advice. But people also have so many connections that you might not have known about in the beginning if you were sitting there in your mindset trying to think, okay, I want to get into this, but I don't know how. Once you start talking about it and opening up, it's amazing what the world like kind of presents to you and what other people know about it. And also starting to get really, like I did a workshop recently and a lot of people got a lot of value out of it because it was about drawing out what you are looking for in your future. Like what, if you could imagine a 10 out of 10 in your life and how that would look, what would it look like? How would you feel? And all those kind of things. And when you start doing that, be careful because that little gremlin's going to jump in and tell you, oh, you don't know what you're talking about. You don't know how to get there. But just try and get clear on like what it is that you really want. And then what are like some small, tiny, tiny steps that you could take to get there? Because when you take actions, they start like snowballing. And you know that feeling of, oh, I don't know how to do this. But when you take a tiny action towards it, you're that little bit closer. And then you do something else that's another little bit closer. And so taking little steps to get closer and then, um, yeah, just surrounding yourself with people because those people might give you ideas. And as you step closer, then you might be in a group of people who say, hey, there's this amazing event that you'd be really interested in. Or looking up events online. There's amazing things that you can do online. Looking at online free courses and workshops online. There's so much out there that's possible. And you don't even have to pay money for some of this stuff. Yeah. So, yeah. I think that in a way that's quite overwhelming though sometimes is there's so much stuff out there. You go, how do I pick? How do I know that this is going to be the good one? And I, like I think back with, to my journey um, when I first left teaching and I didn't really know what I was going to do, but I knew I had to get out um, and then just kind of bumbling along and, and how I've evolved and learned so much along the way because I've been in contact with all these different people and I've worked with like I don't know about five or six different coaches along the way and that's been an amazing process because now I feel like actually I'm starting to get really clear about what it is that I want but that process has taken me about three or four years to get to that stage and you know I still had to survive in the meantime obviously so there are some challenges there still. I think for me, what I love doing the most out of my whole job is helping people get really clear on who they are. Like get really clear on that internal compass of who you are because until you really know who you are, like what you really enjoy, what you love, like the things that you're really good at, the things that you really 
love to do, when you start getting clear on that, it's so much easier because it's hard to get to a destination. So if you're at sea, it's really hard to get somewhere if you don't even know where you're starting. So work that out, figure that out, work with a coach. It's so much easier <laughs> to work with someone. Work with someone, get clear on who you are. Then when you set your compass to wherever it is that you want to go, then it's so much easier to get there. And yeah, so getting clear on who you are is a good thing. So I guess if there's a little island in the way of where you're headed, you kind of skirt around it. Um, I don't really know about how to do that on a yacht. I guess you do the rudder thing, but <laughs> but but like you know, you go you go around it. Whereas if you if you thought the island was a destination, you'd just stop there. Or if you said, well, I'm going to head north, and you come to an island, you might go, well, this is it. But if I know actually I want to get beyond that. I've got further to go than that. I'm just going to bypass that and keep going because I I have this, you know, my 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 keel is set in that direction where I know that's where I want to head. And so any little adjustments that I have to make along the way are just actions that I need to take to get to that ultimate goal. So I yeah, I often talk to people about deciding where it is that you want to go and then when when you uh every time an opportunity arises just evaluate that against that ultimate goal otherwise it's so easy to get swayed and <laughs> i love all these boating analogies like you can go off course if you well, I, I was just thinking it's like when you set the course um on your chart plotter and you're sitting there and like you know i used to do this all the time and if you sit there and you um have it and you have it to, you know whatever um, direction you've got it. And if you're not like rechecking it all the time, one degree off now could be miles off. Imagine you're crossing the Atlantic and you start somewhere and you're just aiming for a general direction. If you don't keep adjusting um, along the way, you know, the current and the wind and everything will take you so off course. But if you've got like a really clear idea of where you want to go, it's so much easier. And if you've got a clear, like if you've spun the compass, your crew will know what I'm meaning. Um, if you've spun your compass and you're like balanced, then it's so much easier to get to the end point. You're going to have to tell me, is that like when you get your phone and you go, you do the figure eight thing? To try and get it to reset. Is that oh what yeah, we get all the super yachts out there doing the <laughs> doing the figure. Of so, what, what does it mean to spin your compass? Oh uh, well, you like take you go offshore, and then you basically get this. I haven't actually been in the bridge while it's been done, but mm -hmm. you take it offshore and then you spin it so that it's like rebalanced and reset. Right. And okay. So you know that it's like magnetic compasses. Oh, basically okay. north and north match rather than yeah. yeah okay so are they affected by being close to land is that what you uh no you just can't really do it um in a marina because you've got too many things just like um setting it off oh okay mm. fascinating i had no idea awesome oh it's the there's a whole wide world of i'm sure i just random stuff it's really a very different world whereas i think um in education people feel like they understand what it is to be a teacher and to some extent having experienced it as a student you would mm. but you don't realize um i think like the the whole persona that you need to create as a teacher it's like being on stage for six hours a day mm. and, then, and 
but also with a million demands being made of you all the time. And so you've got to put up this front, but also, you know, deal with this sort of, with this really agile way of dealing with all the, all the things that are coming at you. But I suppose it would be similar on a, on a yacht, wouldn't it? God, it sounds exactly like being a yachty. <laughs> You've got guests on board and you have to create a persona. You have to look a certain way, dress a certain way, behave, act, do everything a certain way. And for all these other people, whether that's guests or crew or whoever. Um, and yeah, from the outside, people are like, oh, like, look, it looks amazing. Or look, it's not that hard work. You're just doing this. But actually, you've got a thousand other things flying at you that mm. you have to have managed and control. And, you know, you have to make sure that if any sort of safety thing happens, that you can, you know, completely control that. So. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So there are actually a surprising number of similarities between oh, yeah. the fields. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. So, so if someone wanted to get out of yachting, mm -hmm. um, how would they get in touch with you to 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 work with you? Yeah. So, um, the first thing is, so I'm on all the regular social media, so Facebook, Instagram, Anna Petrol Coaching. Um, also, I have a yachting exit strategy group on Facebook. Oh, um, okay. That's for yacht crew, but you can join if you're thinking about a transition um, and then I'm also on LinkedIn um, and I put posts out regularly each week just to help people along um, and then my um, my website has got lots of lots more information and all this other stuff and you can go and check out what I do there and, and just give me a message on whatever platform you feel most comfortable on. So it's annapetcholcoaching.com is that right? I apetrolcoaching.com okay and i'm really curious um because i feel like your your the people you work with is a very small niche i imagine um oh, yeah. how many people are in your facebook group right now it's in it's uh, 20. i think 200 and something but oh, okay that's a lot yeah <laughs> yeah well considering how small the industry is i mean relative it, it's small but you know we we all know each other through some roundabout way but then it does feel like a bigger industry when you're trying to get into it and you can't find a job it feels large but yeah. um yeah so so if people wanted to get into yachting what would you say to them also come and talk to me eight years <laughs> in the industry i've got all the answers <laughs> you've got the questions too yeah and I guess it's the same with with uh, teaching too like if you want to know what the reality is you'd be a great person to talk to and oh, actually yeah. I did actually send one of my my teacher um uh I, not not a client but someone who's in the get out of teaching group to talk to you because uh, they were interested in in potentially doing that so yeah, yeah. thank you for that um yeah if anyone uh, is wanting to get into yachting come to me and speak to me and um yeah I've got okay. lots of helpful, helpful stuff for you. So um, one of the questions I ask my get out of teaching clients is what's the legacy? Oh, sorry, not, not the clients, the interviewees for the podcast. What's the legacy that you want to leave in the world? So at the end of the day, when, you know, maybe your nieces and nephews or are at your funeral and they're giving the eulogy, what would you want them to say about you, Anna? 
I would love them to be able to say Anna was a kind and caring person who helped people no matter what they were doing. And she brought fun and excitement into people's lives. Something like that. That sounds like a pretty amazing legacy to leave in the world. Anna Petchel, thank you so much yeah. for coming on the Get Out of Teaching podcast today. It's been a delight talking with you. Thank you so much, Elizabeth. You've been listening to the Get Out of Teaching podcast presented by Larksong Enterprises with your host, Elizabeth Diakos. Do you know someone else who could benefit from hearing more stories of hope and transition from teachers all around the world? Please take a moment to share this and other episodes via your podcast app. Each share helps me reach listeners just like you who can benefit from this content. The Get Out of Teaching podcast is proud to be part of the Experts on Air podcast network. For show notes and other resources, please visit larksong.com.au forward slash podcast.